Sir New, this is the Rorschach Nigeria update from the 16th of June, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Nigeria. President Buhari launched the Presidential Council on Digital Economy and E-Government on Friday the 10th. The aim of the council is to develop, adopt, and deploy digital technologies. The chairman of the 27-man council is the Minister of Communications and Digital Economy, and other members include the country director of the Korean International Corporation Agency and the Minister of France. In similar news, the president addressed the nation on Sunday the 12th during the Democracy Day celebrations. He said he lives daily with grief for victims of insecurity in the country and urged citizens to cooperate with security agencies by reporting any suspicious activities to law enforcement. The president then promised that the general elections next year will be fair and transparent. And speaking of the general elections, they are eight months away and the Electoral Commission is intensifying its preparations. On Friday the 12th, the commission deployed an additional 200 voter enrollment machines required for voter registration to seven states. The commission said this was necessary due to the unforeseen surge in citizens wishing to vote in the elections. On that note about Electoral Commission, on Wednesday the 15th, the House of Representatives urged the commission to extend the voter registration deadline for the 2023 elections by 60 days. The deadline for the registration is on the 30th of June. However, the legislators said if the deadline isn't extended, then millions of citizens won't be able to vote. The Electoral Act mandates voter registration to end at least 60 days before the day of the elections. The 2023 elections will be held on the 25th of February. The main opposition party, the People's Democratic Party, said it will screen vice presidential candidates for next year's general elections on Thursday the 16th to select who will run with the presidential candidate of the party, Atiku. Still, there's an election that's much closer. The Erkiti state elections will be held on Saturday the 18th. On Tuesday the 14th, the Inspector General of Police assured residents of the state that adequate steps have been taken to ensure the safety of citizens when voting. The Electoral Commission promised the election won't favor any party or candidate but comply with the Constitution and provisions of the Electoral Act. And moving on, on Monday the 13th, the National Information Technology Department Agency published a document where the federal government ordered internet technology companies to appoint a country representative to interface with the government's authorities. Other requirements the companies must meet include registering with the Corporate Affairs Commission and complying with tax obligations. To read the full document, you can click the link in our show notes. The largest bank in Mauritius, the Mauritius Commercial Bank, said it will open an office in Nigeria before the end of the year. The CEO of the bank said the COVID-19 pandemic delayed plans for the office launch, but is now in the final phase of obtaining approval from the Nigerian Central Bank. Once it is opened, the office will also be in charge of operations in Ghana. On that note about commercial banks, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank won a civil case against Nigeria at the London High Court 
On Tuesday the 14th, Nigeria filed the case against the bank and sought damages of almost $2 billion for the bank's role in Shell's and Eni's purchase of a Nigerian oil field. Nigeria said the bank transferred the money paid by the energy companies to the bank account of former oil minister Dan Itete instead of the country's account. However, the bank claimed that the Nigerian government asked them to transfer the money to Itete's account. Still on the topic of banks, on Tuesday the 14th, the World Bank advised the federal government to remove petrol subsidies. The bank said the amount spent on the petrol subsidy exceeds the combined spending on health, education, and social protection. The World Bank also said that if the funds were directed toward poverty reduction schemes in the country, there would be a boost in economic growth. The bank also warned that the cost of the subsidy payments will increase in the near future due to higher global petrol prices. Fuel subsidy payments are estimated to gulp $9 billion in 2022. Data released by the Bureau of Statistics on Wednesday the 15th showed that inflation increased from 16.8% in April to 17.7% in May, which is the highest rate recorded in 11 months. Citizens are paying more for food, the food inflation rate increased by over 1%, and the World Bank warned that the inflation rate will increase further as a result of the rise in global fuel and food prices, which are caused by Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. On Sunday the 12th, the national electricity grid collapsed for the sixth time this year. This led to a blackout in most places in the country, and the government said that poor maintenance and low gas supply are the major causes of the recurrent breakdowns. On that note about shutdowns, the Parliamentary Staff Association strike has come to an end. The strike's action, which started on Monday the 6th, was cut off on Tuesday the 14th. The association and the Senate's president reached an agreement the government will pay for the accrued salaries. However, the staff warned that if government does not pay the salaries by the end of June, the strike action will be resumed. From a strike that was called off to one that just started, the Academic Staff Union of Colleges and Education started a one-month strike on Tuesday the 14th, which means there will be no academic activities at these institutions in the country. The union said that they went on strike because of the accrued allowances that the government has not paid. And moving on to some travel news, on Friday the 10th, the U.S. announced that international travels will not need to present a negative coronavirus test before boarding flights to the U.S. The Center for Disease Control said data shows that the requirement is no longer necessary. However, travelers who are not U.S. citizens, nationals, lawful permanent residents, or traveling to the U.S. on an immigrant visa will still have to show proof of vaccination before boarding. This means vaccinated travelers from Nigeria can go to the U.S. without having to take a COVID test. Speaking of air travel, the International Air Transport Association said on Saturday the 11th that the traffic of airlines in Africa rose by more than 100 percent in April compared to the previous year. Also, the capacity of the airlines increased by 67 percent. And let's close this edition with some sports news. The Nigerian football team recorded its highest ever win on Monday the 13th against Sao Tome and Principe. The AFCON qualifying match said the team scored 10 goals and conceded none. The team also won against Sierra Leone on Thursday the 9th at the National Stadium in Abujar. 
They are now at the top of its qualifying group, and the new coach, Jose Pizarro, has redeemed himself after losing two friendly matches last month. And finally, Team Nigeria finished in the third position behind Kenya and South Africa at the African Senior Athletics Championship that ended on Sunday the 12th in Meridius. The country won five gold, three silver, and three bronze medals. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. The sun's shining and that heat is pretty unbearable. Thank you, climate change. But here's a great plan for the summer. Make yourself a cool drink and subscribe to our show. Would you like to contact us? Check out our show notes. Say go bang.